Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody. It's Marcia, and we're going to have a great show today. And um, I'm still in. We're we're not. We can't go out in Chicago and Illinois. We can do things, but uh, most people I know are just going to the grocery store to work wherever they have to to hair salons. But most of the other things aren't going. You know, people aren't going to. But pretty soon, I hope we're going to get to that part. And I have two guests that are great, Justin Alcola and Lindsay Downs, and it's two men, which usually I have so many women on the show, it's very surprising. I only have two guys on the show, so it's exciting to have different, uh, you know, different thought processes. So um, I think it's going to be a fun show today, and um, I have a couple shows more for the this month, and uh, after that, I think, I always say this, I'm going to take a few weeks off. I don't know. I need to finish a book because um, I'm not really concentrating, which I know a lot of other people aren't concentrating as much. I'm much better when I'm doing a million things rather than in the house. But um, I have a show uh, next week. It's about screenwriting, and um, it's going to Jennifer Connors on, Elizabeth Black, and we're going to talk about books to movies, which everybody knows I love that because I write screenplays also. And then I have a very special show, which is um, – going to be on well well actually we tried to figure out a good time because one of the people on there is from the uk and the other one is in new york and i'm here but the uk we had to figure that out because that is difficult you know time wise but uh that's going to be a good show uh jasmina sidorowski she is a humanitarian uh and she has a wonderful magazine eys which is very popular in Australia, and so she introduces me to all these really wonderful people that have written things and are representatives all over the world. So they will be on on the last show, I think, for the month, which is that's on a Thursday, Tuesday. So I think that's it, and then I will be having a lot of other shows. Um, I did talk to um, April Luna, and we will be having some of the authors on from DLG Publishing and um and if anybody has any ideas of what they'd like for shows, I want to change it up a little. And I think Elizabeth Black and I, or and maybe that one of the guests that um, I'm having in a couple of weeks, that she also, Jennifer, wanted to talk about. I like to talk about movies and series and things like that because most people now are um, watching Netflix, Hulu, you know, HBO. And so I think there'd be good, good discussions about the characters and um as everybody knows, I, I love TV. Well, I love movies, but now it's going to be TV. It's not going to be movies, as meant. So let me say hello to uh, Justin and Lindsay. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi, Marsha. Hello. 
I'm so happy to have you guys here today. And uh, first, I'll let you each of you. And I, I'm not going to forget this because Lindsay's going to do a reading today, and I won't, and neither will uh, Justin. But uh, Lindsay likes that, so <laughs> Lindsay, you like that, so we're going to let you do that. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself, Lindsay. I know you've been on before, and you're on a lot of shows, and you've been with Bennett. And so, right. tell everybody about yourself. Hey, um. Lundy, my name is Lindsay Downs, and if you don't believe me, I have a Texas driver's license and Pennsylvania birth certificate, folks. That proves <laughs> that my name is real name is Lindsay Downs. Um, I guess my parents, when they uh, named me, knew I was going to become an author and, um, to a degree, a romance author too. Um, speaking of such words, I write I write several different genres. Um, I write Regency romantic suspense. I write um, and then I write historical. Murder mystery set in the U.S. in Los Angeles. Um, and matter of fact, I have two murder mystery series. One, the first one starts in 1940 in Los Angeles and goes up to uh, 1946, 1945. The other series starts in 1963 or 64. I can't remember which. And several of the books um, are set in South Vietnam during the South Vietnam War. Um, I also write uh, uh, contemporary. Um, I've got a JAG, Army JAG series that I'm uh, send, trying to send out to uh, agents. And um, I uh, am right, also working on the first book in a uh, story series. Um, and so I write many different genres, and I love writing all of them because I learn so much when I do each one. Right, yeah, it's a, it's yeah, a whole different. I mean, you, me. yeah, you, yeah, you have uh, absolutely switched around. Okay, Justin, what about you? Hey, how are we doing? I'm, uh, I'm good. Justin Alcala, <laughs> and I'm a uh, I'm a novelist uh, and a short story writer. I have uh, three books currently: Consume, The Devil in the Wide City, and Dim Fairy Tales, as well as about twenty different short stories on shelves right now. Uh, but most importantly, I guess the thing you need to learn about me is that I am the biggest nerd in the world. <laughs> but I, you wrote uh, that. Like, you wrote that about yourself. I know. I saw that. <laughs> it might be. I mean, what does that mean anymore? Theory. What does that really mean? <laughs> what so does I that like, mean to uh, you? I like. Uh, I'm a tabletop uh, role player, which means that I pretend I'm an elf or a wizard on the weekends. I big oh. <laughs> history buff. I literally watch and read history, uh, everything from documentaries to um, to history, alternative facts uh, daily. And I, uh, if you probably met me, you might be tempted to give me a wedgie just by how I look alone. So <laughs> I am I am the full package of nerddom. But, uh, well, yeah, you certainly have accomplished a lot then, so that says a lot. <laughs> you know, so that's funny because, you know, because Lindsay, I mean, Lindsay writes historical. So, and I think maybe that's why, it's a, this might be a good time, Lindsay, for you to just, you know, talk, talk a little bit about your new book, and um, you could read an excerpt from it. Okay. And so maybe um, we can, because if you like history, here we go. All right, go ahead. <laughs> this is history. Okay. Um, let me start off. With my new, about this new book by reading the author's foreword. Um, that will explain a lot about this book. Okay. 
1993, on the 30th anniversary of the assassination of the 35th president of the United States, John F. Kennedy, I was approached by Professor Richard Dean, Jr. At first, I was a little apprehensive, but as the following story started to unfold, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I requested permission to record everything he and the others were telling me. Much to my amazement, he agreed. What you're about to read isn't my story, but theirs told in their own words. After the last interview was recorded and transcribed, Professor Dean had one final request. He asked that I do not publish the story until the principal had died. Considering the great risk that the individual could be in, I reluctantly agreed. I have received word that the person had died of natural causes. So this is their story. That's Like I said, that's the my opening to the story. And now the passage that I'm going to read is um, set, um, I can't remember, I think it's set around um, Thanksgiving of um, 1993. Um, with the table cleared off and the dishes in the washing machine, oops, I headed to the office so I could think about what we'd learned today. One point, Lee Harvey Oswald had known about the attempt from the beginning, or at least at some time. What we need needed to confirm because then everything would make sense. That we needed to confirm because then everything would make sense. The question being, from whom or where would we get the answer? I looked at the bookcase with all the literature on Kennedy, including the Warren Report. What I couldn't understand, nowhere in the pages was there a hint of Oswald's dislike for the man. Even while in the Marine Corps, he had expressed unhappiness with this country. Soon after he was discharged, he basically snuck over to Russia, where he tried to obtain citizenship. While living there, he did meet and marry a Russian woman, but became disillusioned, and they came back to the United States. While I had worked on my dissertation, I had studied many other assassinations. In almost every case, the individual had, at least to them, a valid reason for their action. Granted, a few of the shooters were found to be crazy. That was until this incident. There was no, there was absolutely no indication of mental illness with Oswald. What, what are you thinking about? This case, Nancy asked as she walked in. Yes, everything that Walter has, to, has told us is accurate. He is the shooter. But the reason Oswald wanted to be the pawn eludes me, other than to be famous. When you commit a crime, there must be a motive, right? Could becoming infamous be a valid motive? Yes, that's what I tell my students, but let's be sure. Give either Thomas or Edward a call and ask them. Good idea. Stay here. I figured I'd talk with the one with the most experience, my older brother. Edward, I'm having a major dilemma. Is Sally with you? Yes. I'll put her on speaker. I'll do the same so Nancy can hear too. All right, what's bothering you? I told him about the questioning before dinner and what Walter said about Oswald wanting to be noticed and famous. Now we, knew the, now we know the truth. As for Officer Tibbet, Oswald and the policeman happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Let me ask you this. Everything Walter has told you so far is accurate, right? Yes, he is the first person who has given us details that no one has, even information that wasn't in the Warren report. Not only that, attempts to kill us. No one would be coming after us unless we had him and have learned so much. Then there's the, be- the beginning, follow- 
beginning followed by Granger, who calls a number in New York City, but is answered in London. Right. John Wentworth called a few minutes ago and said the place in Texas we found is where they train. They're looking for possible graves. Even the tower where Walter practiced is still there. Looks like you have the real assassin. That's the end of it. Um, as you all well, gather, mm-hmm. this book is, not, like I said, not mine. It's told to me in first person um, by um, a, research, a professor and the actual shooter. So what, what of genre? Canada. Where did you put it in? What, kind, what genre did, this I, is a, did you? Uh, this is a uh, political thriller. This is a is political it, so thriller. It's fic- so did you put it in fiction? It, it, it had to be at least um, when it was when it was put in Amazon. It was put in in fiction, um, yeah. only because that's the only place it would fit. I know. So that's the problem with Amazon. However, you can call Amazon yourself, and they will tell you some categories that possibly you could put the book in that might not be listed well, because that's what I found that you can do that because the categories that we all have to put our books in is kind of, it's really hard because, you know, and yeah. when a book first comes out, if it comes out one way, then it's very hard to switch it even though you might want think the genre should be because even if it's like a memoir or whatever, you know, it gets very difficult for people to find books because of the genre and where you get placed in Amazon. That's a problem. Well, in, in actuality, having the book listed in fiction, it, that doesn't bother me because, as I tell people, um, after reading the book, you decide if this book is fact or fiction. Well, it could be based I'm on, saying, based on, I, you know, right. based I'm on I'm not saying it is yeah. fact. I'm not saying yeah, it is right. fiction. I'm leaving that entirely up to the reader if it's okay. if, um, All right. for okay. them to decide. Right. Yeah, well, I you know, I think that, well, yeah, because it does matter what, what that goes into, you know, and that's the thing, you know, uh, when you are when you are an author, you know, I think one of the most difficult parts, and, you know, I'm sure just that, because you you have a lot of different kinds of genres, you will, uh, you know, it's very hard to classify sometimes, like when you do the short stories, you have, how do you, where do you put them, where do you put them, and uh, you said they're in, in, Bookstores, or are they on Amazon? How short sure. are they? They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're all on Amazon, um, usually between 3,000 and 10,000 words. Um, yeah. You know what I do? It is very tough. Genre is, you know, in my opinion, a guideline to what a reader should expect. Uh, yeah. And so what I do is, does this, like, for example, DLG Publishing and I are working on um, my next short, of course, Only Whispers, instead of Kind of plug that real quick. Uh, and, um, yeah. They, it, was, it was one of those ones that's magical realism. It's fantasy, but at the same time, it has a little bit of Celtic lore in it, and it can be kind of put into many different genres. So what I did was I looked at many books like it, and I saw what, what the heck are they, what are they tagging it as. Uh, and then I yeah. tend to just say, uh, okay, this, this leans towards more like this story, so if, you know, some of the big five, like Penguin, if they're going ahead and marketing it like this, probably a good idea. I should probably do the same. They kind of know what they're doing here. Uh, yeah. so that's my technique, not to say it's right. 
Yeah, I, I don't, you know, it is, you know, every author, that, you know, I've done shows for like 10 years, and we talk about this a lot, and it is very difficult, you know, and then I didn't even know until uh, last year, I think, that you can call Amazon and they can switch some of the genres. Now it would be more difficult because of COVID, they cut the staffs, you know, so, but yeah. I think there are a lot of categories that, you can go in and so and then you you know and i added some categories i took off some i really don't know i think that it's a really tough these days because there are so many people writing and to be in a category um and the way amazon um the that to me you know the rating and it, it's very hard you know because then if you're on kindle unlimited and you give a free day then you're like number 10 then all of a sudden after that you're like Six thousand, you know. I mean, yeah. six million, whatever. Right, I mean, it's really right. difficult. Yeah, no, it's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge with the, you know, the market is, um, is kind of flooded with, you know, especially with everyone being in. Everyone's given a go yeah. to at writing, which, yes, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. But it's it's created a a big surplus of of books and short stories. Yeah. So yeah, I feel your pain. Well, you know, in short stories, I know I never wrote short stories till a while ago. Then I did write one, and then I wrote another, and then I put them together. And I don't think that it worked out okay, but I don't know that I do that again. But I do think that, you know, a few years ago, people were really into short stories, and I do still think that people don't want to always read a long book. You know, and so I think it's a good market, you know, because you could maybe pick up an audience, but like, you know. I switch genres a lot, and I, in my head, I'm I'm not sure what I'm writing anymore because I can't decide. You know, because <laughs> everything I you know because if I go in one, I have two different. Right. Well, I have three different genres, and I'm trying to figure out. I really would like to pick up more fans, because and people that really like my style, but that doesn't seem to happen when you have a lot of genres. I know, like for you, uh, Lindsay, in before you yeah. did this. You were in, you know, the romance and the historical, was, so that you stayed right, in there I was, for I was, a while. I was writing Regency romantic suspense, yeah. Um, and I, I don't write straight, you know, like Regency romance. I have to put suspense into the story. Right, um, right. It's always been that way with me um, because I think it, it adds more to the story, more life to the story. Um, but it, and um, so that's how my books are listed on Amazon, I guess. You know, romantic suspense. You know, Regency romantic suspense. Um, yeah. As far as having um, the conspiracy uncovered listed in the fiction section, I don't really mind because a lot of people are not going to are going to believe that yes, this is fiction. Um, it's not. You know, it's the figment of his ima- imagination. Well, fine. You know, let them. You know, and the same thing with. And I think the same thing with you, Justin and Marsha, when we write and publish a book, um, whatever genre we publish in, um, it could be fact or it could be fiction in in a lot of cases. Am I correct? To be, wait, repeat, wait, say that again one one last time. I didn't catch. When any of us publish, when any of us publish a book, um, Mm -hmm. no matter the genre, unless it's science fiction. Um, or uh, Dissipan, or some of those others, um, it could the, it could be listed as either fact or fiction. Um, correct. Well, I, you know, I, you know, 
like all right here this is an example of uh, you know we can talk about reviews also because uh what I've been hearing all the time now is people are just taking off, getting their reviews taken off but I and I have a book uh uh it is to life it's about a holocaust survivor and it was based on her story memoir and it was everything was exactly the way she told it to me exactly you know, I didn't mm-hmm. add anything. I, In fact, I wanted to, but she didn't want me to, so I didn't. You know, because I felt uh, she had passed away a couple of years ago, but she felt that she wanted it to just to be her story and nothing else. I thought it needed more, but that's how we left it. So um, it, it that sells, but the thing is I've seen some reviews that, they're saying that they didn't like the things she did or they didn't like, like she thought they thought she might have done something with, she was getting married a second time and she didn't have her daughter there. I mean, this was, you can't change. This is, this is history, her history. It's so it's like, it's, that's the problem. If people start give reviews on a book that really is a memoir or true facts then they're starting to say they don't like something somebody did it's not like when you make up a, in a fiction book those are right. fiction characters you can do whatever you want but when they are living characters like in her case they were you know living and and her sister was living at the time when i wrote the book it was about the two of them and what happened in the concentration camps but that that's real so the yeah. people that are reading Sometimes they feel they can say whatever they want, whether it be right or wrong. And that isn't really a good thing if they write a bad review or something that really you you can't change someone's life. Like, so if you're saying no. something that was stated to you by that gentleman, that's what he said. Whether it's right or wrong, that's his words. So why should they, people that are reviewing it or, list, you know, make that choice of saying, well, I don't like what he did, because that is what he did. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that could happen, you know, with any book. But when you have fiction and nonfiction, you know, mine is listed in nonfiction because, I'm, because that's what it is. But there's no fiction in it except one, one line about somebody going with a cigarette. That's the only line, but every single <laughs> thing in that book. So it is different, you know, when you're writing for that. And, you know, uh, but, you know, and in Justin, in your case, you're writing magical, too, I, sometimes, too. I, right? You yeah, write magical. I write horror and urban fantasy, so I'm in La La Land, so it's, it's not as hard for me. <laughs> right, exactly. So when you write mystical, when you're writing mystical, how what makes you, you know, you know, I like that too. That's for you know that type of genre, but you know there is a lot of magic in things that happen in life, and there are no reasons for things. So, right. how do you come up with that idea that you wanted to stick to a story like that that you you know that you put out, Justin? You know, you, you kind of pick. The funny thing is, you know, fantasy and horror they emulate reality. So you kind of pick. What am I feeling right now? Yeah. Uh, and, and then you, you roll with it. I, I did have the pleasure. I do do a lot of research on, like for example, I went to Ireland for my honeymoon, and we spent two weeks driving around. And so I did pick up a lot of lore. I was able to talk to a lot of people, and you hear these things, and you're like, oh my goodness, I would like to put yeah. a spin on that, relate relating to you know, for example, COVID nineteen or something like yeah. that. But uh, yeah. for the most part. Anything that you're feeling, you're just pretty much replacing. Um, you're replacing some internal struggle that you have with, if it's horror and actual, you know, 
horrific scene, a monster, uh, a killer behind the corner. Yeah. But you know, yeah. it, it's more it's more just representing something that you might feel. The same so in fantasy. Ireland, in in Ireland, aren't they very like I'm very superstitious. So aren't they superstitious in Ireland? Yes, I Extreme, think so. Extreme. Well. You know, it's just like anything. They are extremely superstitious as far as I hate yeah. the lump anything. <laughs> right, um, right. But they're, yeah. they're, the, the people who do believe, holy smokes, they really do believe. I know. Um, See, I, I know. You have, my, you, grandma, my, my grandmother was from Russia, though, but she, I have a lot of superstitions, you know. And oh, yeah. uh, when I was huh. writing a, a, a a um, horror story with my editor. I kept saying a super. I added some superstitions. He goes, "Are you kidding me?" I go, "No, this is really a superstition that, oh, yeah. I, that right. I know." And so, if you grow up in a family like that, in whatever you know, I, Irish, you know, Jewish, Russian, whatever, but it's you grow up that way, and you do not get rid of it. You you don't just say, yeah, oh, I mean, damn, I'm not sure. going to be." Su- I, I'm not superstitious. I'm half, I'm, yeah. half Scot- I'm half Scots and half Irish. Um, and talk about traditions and all that kind of stuff, you know, those are ingrained in me. Do you right. have that? Are you um, superstitious? Yeah. Okay. Very. There you go. All right. Yeah. Very. See, I, it does. I, I, it, does I, yeah. Yeah. it matters, though. Sometimes in your writing, you know, that's when you realize certain things about yourself when you're writing because uh, it sounds like from both of you that you really enjoy your writing. So that's like number right. one on the list. See, that's like, the thing. I you, try to tell people that enjoy it. Now, yeah, you were talking you were about you know, COVID. Um, yeah, in COVID. The, in the thriller that I'm writing now, um, it's set contemporary, 2020, 2019. Um, but in no, nowhere do I mention um, COVID-19 at all because it just doesn't play into the story. Um, right. Well, that's what I've heard from people. They're either putting it in or not putting it in, depending on yeah, I, if it fits. I mean, in, oh, in, this, I, in this particular yeah. case, it doesn't fit. I what about Justin? Which is a funny story. Yeah, I. Uh, right, so go ahead, I talk. Started, did you put it in? Because I, we've had, I've had a couple of shows and we've talked about that. So yeah, do you? Are you so putting I, that in? I originally, right? I originally had a regular plot in modern day, and um, uh-huh. it's a YA book that I'm working on. And it just so happened coincidentally that I was already dealing with some uh, creepy plague doctors and whatnot, and then COVID hit, and I said. You got to you have to insert this. You know, if you're going to yeah. direct us to kids yeah. who are kids and teens who are dealing with, yeah. life, you know, or with the situation right now, they're yeah. going to love it. You know, they're going to relate to it. So you yeah. better put that in. But but that's only because, um, um, like we were all saying, it it depends on what the story is. For me, it was perfect. It framed the story yeah. very well. But if it's going to just distract, yeah, I, yeah. I don't see a need. See, right, right, because we don't really know, we can't really say how big of an, like right now we're living through it, but we don't know exactly what will be happening in two or three years if if it will just be like someone says, oh, they had this virus out there, you know. Yeah, but, what, kind, uh, what, kind of impact, us, what kind of impact it right, has on our lives, yeah. We have no idea, and, you know, and it, it does have a huge impact on us right now, but we really don't know what it's going to be, you know, because, um if if they do come up with, you know, a vaccine for it, it may be something, you know, they'll just say, okay, fine, they got a vaccine and that's that, you know. But I, I think this is huge. I mean, we have so many huge things going on now, so we really don't know. And in our writing, you know, I think a lot of the TV shows, I've mentioned this once before, I know Blacklist, they were shooting and they had to add some animation 
to get to the end of it because they couldn't have scenes. So they had to come in on the middle of one of the shows and say, look, this is what we did. You know, it was a really unique way that they did it, but they had to do it because they couldn't finish up the scene or, yeah. you know, things yeah, of that nature. That's very interesting. Yeah. That's very and, interesting. And, yeah, it's a different, yeah, yeah. different world, for sure. Yeah. So if you're interested in that, but but if you watch Blacklist at all, or it's the last couple, ep- the last episode, I think, or the one, I think it was the last episode that they did that with the animate. They just put the animation, and it was they did it great. I mean, you know, because Blacklist, I mean, they've dealt with so many viruses and things like that anyway in a lot of their stories, but uh, and. You know, so they did it very in a great way. So I think that if people like even like uh, I watch Good Fight and um, that's on a prime and they had to stop some of their filming because they filmed in Chicago at the time. And so they couldn't do it. So I, I don't know that, that you know, we're all going to see what happens. But I think that it it's possible that it may at like right now, people might be adding things about it because you just can't. It's so much on everybody's mind. If you're writing right now, it's in, it's, right? It's inescapable. Yeah. I don't, I don't see why uh, people who are writing, you know, contemporary writers right now, I don't see it going away for them. Uh, I, I see yeah, a, a surplus right. of people writing about it, especially you know, yeah. for me, in my face with my wife's a physician, so she comes home, you know, dealing with these patients, and tells me about it, and I say, holy smokes! One part is tragic, and then two, and part two, you. you you know, you just think to yourself, wow, this is affecting so many lives. Um, it does. It's yeah, horrifying. I, I, it's horrifying. I, I mean, I worked for doctors for years. Be- right. I worked for doctors for years. And, you know, I think, you know, uh, what is happening right now, I mean, I, I don't think doctors will, will, you know, the way they're having to do things now and, uh, you know, do appointments and you can't, you know, be in the same room. And I worked in hospitals, too. So I, I know this, and that's true. So I'm sure she's coming home with all these stories because that is really we, – we can't lose sight of what the fact is of what yeah. is going on in the hospitals and, and, it, and, and, and with, with me, um, my, I, um, like today, um, I, I stayed home. I didn't go, I didn't go anywhere. Um, which I'm used to doing. I do that, you know, at least twice a week. But I don't go into town. Um, and my only contact with COVID is, you know, like when I go to the grocery store, I'm going to wear a mask. Um, when yeah. I go to physical therapy, I'm going to wear a mask, but I know that they're going to take my temperature and they're going to ask me right. the, the questions. Um, I don't, other than that, that's my only contact with, right. the, with the virus. Unlike you, Justin, you, um, your wife comes home from work and she talked to you about you have more insight into it than I do. Yeah, so, right. Yes, yeah, so I could see you including it in a story, but for me to include it in a story, yeah, it just wouldn't work at all. Yeah, right. You never, okay, nobody I, I ever knows. Home, I got to stay home today, yeah. you know, because, I, yeah, right, because right. We're, on, you know, we're on restriction. You know, that doesn't all, yeah. you know, how does that, you know, yeah. you can't keep saying that all the time. Um, so yeah. for me, writing anything about COVID doesn't work. Yeah. No, I, I think that's true. And I think, you know, but I do think, uh, I don't, I don't, you know, if you, I, I think uh, April is uh, Luna, who is the publisher of J- Justin's work. So she's, she's saying, what about, inc- she's, you know, has a question, but she's saying, "What about if she says dating? It date it might date a body of work, and she's right. You know, that's the thing. You don't know if what you're writing will date it because you don't really know if someone's going to say, oh, what is that?' 
you know, and that doesn't fit in anything if somebody's reading it later, you know, or it, because sometimes when you write, you don't, it, a lot of things, even when you watch some shows, you, you don't know what year it's from, but it's, it might date things. We don't know yet. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, it's, sure. It's, for sure it's a bookmark. Right. I mean, in, in, in the one I'm writing now, um, I do mention um, uh, 2019 Volvo XC, XC40. Um, so you, the reader's going to know that, okay, well, the story taking place in um, 2019 or maybe 2020. Um, yeah. You know, and um, so they, uh, you know, but then they're going to see that there's nothing mentioning about um, the COVID because there's no need for it. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, yeah. I don't think there's no need to mention the the, um, the virus. When I got the idea for the story. But it's so hard. I mean, it really year, is difficult. I mean, it is a difficult time right it. now. You know, um, yeah. so Justin, I mean, you're living with someone that is living in the, that world. So that is so much right. a part of her world yeah. right now. I she I'm this is where she is. So uh, right. I think and, and I think it it would do people a lot of good to try to think about what really is going on because that is so serious. Yeah, and I think, I think you know, when sure, people people are taking it lightly, some people are taking it way too lightly, and you can't. You know, you really can't. It'll be very interesting too. It'll be interesting too to see what the aftermath is as far as uh, other forms of writing. So you have people who are, and I didn't mean to get this glum, sorry, but uh, while we're on the topic, no, it, <laughs> so, right? Um, it's not, not glum. People, it's just life. It's just part of life. You right, have, it's you, life, right? Now. So you have people who are stuck in houses. Um, depression is on the rise. Uh, yes. You're going to have you're going to have um, people who have been affected by it. You know, I forgot. I, Forget what the latest numbers is, but it's frightening as far as how many people yeah. you know perish yeah. from it. Uh, and yeah. um, uh, you know, you just have people who have to deal with a daily, uh, like we we're just talking about. Even if it just means put on a mask. I, I fully, just being a fiction guy, I would not be shocked if you see a lot of plots um, dealing with depression as far as books go. Uh, oh, yeah, dealing with yeah, yeah. Ma- magical oh, yeah. pestilence, magical yeah. pestilence. Uh, Everything from you know the red plague to uh, to other ideas involving disease, and I definitely think that we're going to see a lot of nonfiction that's just coping with the aftermath, even if there ends up being you know every uh, everything from right. Uh, right. It depends on right. It also know, it really depends on right the writer's experience with it. You know, because I I see right, what you're saying, right. Lindsay. Right, because if you're really involved in it in that world, then that would be a world that you lived in. So it's not yeah, fantasy, right. it's reality, it, you know. It, like, uh, right. It does yeah, you know. feeling no matter who you are. You're going you're gonna to feel something, yes. and then writing yes. is part of that. Yeah, I mean, like in, and I think um, for a lot of authors, yeah. In my Army Jag series, um, the next book I write, um, I'm probably going to be including um, the COVID-19 into the plot somehow. Um, because the storyline is and COVID nineteen really go hand in hand in this particular book, um, and so in that case, you know, I will include, you know, be bringing in the COVID nineteen. Yeah, but, but in, the know, one, I, in, the, so, in the one I'm writing them now. Right. So I just I would like to hear you know, Justin, you do a lot of different things you know, without. I do. This. Yeah. So you say, but. Okay, you're a folklore historian. Uh, 
enthusiast. So what do you mean by that? What do you do? So, um, you, so mm-hmm. especially with like a, a Forest Only Whispers, the book that um, uh, is about to come out, uh, available on pre-order. Scott Blager, <laughs> on Amazon. Go ahead. Um, no, that's what you're here. Go ahead. <laughs> Definitely plug it. Especially, oh, that's my that's my shameless plug right there. But um, it's good. Definitely, definitely. Um, I I am not. It's funny. My wife is Scottish, uh, but I am not. I am. I I am Polish, Russian, and Mexican. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> right, you got a combo. So, so the the um, the different spectrums of lore alone are very interesting because you have to remember the Mexican uh, heritage alone is a combination of Spanish and uh, Native American from Central America, and that's two beautiful different uh, sets of lore that just have fascinating yeah. tales. And then there's the Polish and Russian. Uh, you know, and they kind of share it with Slavic um, lore, which is it, it's a little darker, it's a little more Baba Yaga, and uh, yeah. it's, it's really kind of twisted. But I also fell in love, even before we left for Ireland, with Celtic lore. Celtic, what I love about the Irish, the Scottish, the Welsh, um, they celebrate storytellers. They literally, for hundreds of years, yeah. have professions yeah. where you are just a storyteller. You are the town yeah. storyteller. And that to me, when I heard that, blew my mind. I was like, wow, yeah. this is a culture I could get into. So, yeah, because, you know, right, I, you know, years ago, I remember when I started with Red River Radio, April Robbins, she was um, she was the one that started most of us, Delaney Oaks, a lot of, all of us, Fran Lewis, we were all with her. But she used to have a special show where people would do storytelling on the show. You know, uh, she was from Texas, uh, right, and and it was really interesting. You know, so many things have changed, you know, but when she did those shows, I mean, people really loved them. She had a lot of different types of shows. Right, and uh, you can take the lessons lessons written 700 years ago and still find today, so it's very neat. But, yeah, there is a culture who really respects fantasy, so I actually – um, I with the latest um, short story of Forest Only Whispers, it is about. It was a little tough for me um, because I had tried to combine everything that I love. Um, it's about you know a um, it, it, it it's about a girl, young girl who um, she's had a loss from high school and um, general her boyfriend disappeared. But she's in this very Celtic uh, traditional family, and she's of mixed race. But um, so she always feels like an outsider, and she's had the stress of her boyfriend disappearing. But um, the the actual magic in Richland family it, it keeps her going, and it makes her eager. And she's you later find out she's she does practice uh, Wiccan, and that she has a cult of sisters that they all work with. Uh, Oh, it's a bad word. We'll say uh, coven is what the word is. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but um, but it, it, it's a big mishmash, a cornucopia of all the different cultures. And it turns out really cool, uh, hopefully. But uh, the, the coolest thing is some of that you had some of the Irish lore that I learned about, which especially, oh, my gosh, fairies and changelings. 
There are so many fantastic stories about that. Um, magical realism, uh, as far as the yeah, I know years it. ago some of the authors, right? We had a lot of authors that did that. It not as not so much anymore, but we did have a lot. I remember that, you know, uh, all of that, the fairies and all of they they really had a lot of stories like that. So, and I think you know the authors that wrote them, they really loved writing them. It's because yeah, it took them to a whole new place. It, it gives you a magical escape. But it's still realistic is what I like about it. It says, you know, what if? What if this is real? What if? It just doesn't seem like it compared to a traditional fantasy where you start from minute one running into creatures with hooves and, you know, <laughs> doors with beards. Uh, well, you know, because well, people do people do feel certain way about certain. I mean, there are believers in so many different things. We used to have like a lot of uh, we had a, a lot of paranormal shows where uh, they went, we had ghost hunts, you know, and we did it right online, yeah. you know, and it was such fun. I mean, we took a lot of chances on that because I remember we did it in a place where it was a, an old nurse's, I think it was a assisted living or a nursing home, and they were, and it was, it was, uh, nobody was living in it. But, uh, at Willow Cross, who did shows with us, she went out. She was ghost hunter, and she went out, and they could we could listen to all the the little you know the frequencies, and it was really interesting because you know people. So I mean, there's so many people right. that believe that. Yeah, you know, and it. And so I think it's always good to move on to new. You know, it does make writing a little more exciting when you really do things out of your normal life. And you're talking yeah. about um, uh, different. You know, things, you know, ideas and what have you, um, and stories in Scotland Island and what have you. Um, what I find interesting is the unicorn um, is part of, is a symbol of Scotland. Um, and well, in Herald right the unicorn is best known yeah. as a symbol of Scotland. The unicorn is believed to be the natural enemy of the lion, a symbol that the English royals adopted around 100 years before. And so you see on the on the a lot of um, uh, heraldry, um, English herald, Scottish heraldry, you see the lion and the unicorn. Well, well, it's also like you know when you write too. I mean, it seems like both of you when you write, you're you're writing out of where you out of your safe zone. So, you know. That's always more, sometimes more interesting because you're learning while you're writing, you know, and that always oh, yeah. is fun, you know. Um, and I think that that's what I, I myself, a lot of times, I've been doing for so many years, but I'm thinking sometimes, you know, you're so, when you're writing, you're thinking, well, will people think I'm like nuts or will people not believe what I'm saying? And so if you start doing that, you take away from your writing because that's what happened over the last, you know, with all of the reviews and everybody talking. And I think, you know, it inhibits certain people sometimes to think about what people will say when you're writing. And so I think for some people that's why they've used different names because they really write better under another name. They don't want anybody, you know, whatever they're thinking, they don't want people to know it's them, you know. And so right. I think yeah, yeah, I mean, we, if, we if lose go, a lot of our If you go to my Amazon page, you're going to see a lot of, you know, you're going to see almost all, all Regency, 14, 15, 16, yeah, maybe I saw, more right, Regency books. Right. And then, the, you know, then, the, then this one, um, the, the Conspiracy Uncovered, totally different genre, totally different time frame, completely, you know. And um, I write um, under Lindsay Downs, and no matter what my genre, that's my name. Right. I'm going to use it. I'm proud of it. Yeah. 
Well, I, I have issues going back and forth. You know, that's why, uh, you know, on my show, I actually think people like to listen to figure out what is she doing now because I do change off a lot, you know, because, um, and I think for me it's, it's um, I did write under another name and, I, and then I went back to my name because then I decided, oh, what the hell, because I'm writing, I have five children's books, so that was difficult and I'm still deciding if I should once again move them out of my website because I just think and if you write sexier books so I think that is a problem for people because I've had on the show here a lot of times people write in many names you know uh, and sometimes when they're on I'm going like okay I got to remember to say a certain name because I don't want to say the wrong name because they don't want people to know it's them you know and that is difficult you know there are so many people that you, like certainly when I was an agent, uh, you know, a literary agent, when people wrote contracts, then they would say their real name, and then I would know both names. But sometimes then if they come on the show, it's difficult because you really, they really mean that when they don't want people to know who they are. So it's not, it's it becomes an issue for some people, you know. But I do think writing with your own name, it's it's out there. So you do have some kind of, you know, thought process that, you know, it takes a long time to get rid of, which took me a long time to, you know, that it's not me talking, it's my characters talking. So, yeah. Justin, when you write, how, first let's go to you. Justin, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like when you're writing, it's you want people to, these are the characters you're writing. This has nothing to do with you, per se. Yeah, correct. Uh, that That's that's kind of the way I, I look at it. I. We all have a bit of ourselves in each character, but I am not my characters. I am not my characters, and for those people who want to use uh, side names, they definitely can. I use mine just because, but um, uh, I understand both angles. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I mean, you know, I do understand both. And I, for me, it doesn't matter what any, you know, because, you know, when I was doing, started doing shows years ago, I had every type of writer on, and I still do. I don't have any, you know, it doesn't matter to me what they write, or I'm not going to say I don't like this kind of genre. So I have almost everybody on. It doesn't matter to me. But people do are strange that way where they go like, what? You know, and uh, I think that inhibits people a lot of times. So I think that's great when you don't let that, bother you. I know, Lindsay, when you first started, I know this, because you know this, because a lot of people thought it was a woman writing under your name. Yeah. And so it how took did me you, a long time before yeah, I yeah. before I decided, before I came, before I on Facebook, I put my picture up and my name, yeah. and said, yes, this is me. And when I write, and I don't care what genre I write, I am writing Are you crying? as Lindsay Downs, not as somebody else. Yeah. Do I get And yes. Oh. And yes, even even in my regencies, um, in some of the characters, I might put a little bit of myself in the story, into the character. Yeah. Um, more so with my more modern ones, um, but even in the, re- um, I'll put in things in the in, um, in of me in the character. Like there was one scene I was writing in this current one, um, my current my thriller, and um, they were having pizza, and. Um, the main character went to the refrigerator and uh, brought up three, three uh, long neck, uh, Lone Star beers. I drink, you know, on occasion, I would yeah. drink a Lone Star beer. So why, okay. why don't I put <laughs> right. that in? <laughs> right. You know? right, right, right. 
Right, I know. I did that one time in one of my books. I put the, the character like the angel uh, perfume, and I wear that. So somebody was reading the book. They go, "Oh, I knew it was you writing it because you like angel perfume." But you know, you can't help certain things when you're you add in. No, you know, you can't. I mean, that's just part of life. You know, um, I mean, you know, this is just part of life. So, Justin, if you were going to tell people because when they listen, well, what are the best experiences you think you're having right now of allowing yourself this time to write and get into a different world? And uh, what people that feel like writing should do right now? What time isn't this the right time, or what time did you decide that this is the right time for me? You know, I think um, a lot of people when they first start off, they're imitating people, art, um, artists, writers that uh, they like and enjoy. Yeah. And I think this time where you're kind of, you know, possibly isolated uh, in solitude is a good time to explore who you are as a writer. You know, you've got to yeah. you've got to walk down the street naked and just say, hey, this is who I am. Um, yep. <laughs> okay. This is what I write like about. It, like it or not. Yeah, this right. is what I write about. I write I write about very nerdy things, and if you don't like it, um, I understand. But if you do, yeah. check out more. But I think right. this is the time to go ahead and examine yourself. Find your voice, uh, yeah. because there are too many artists who, you know, they're, they're constantly imitating people. Take this time. Just explore who you yeah. are and own it, because you're going to find that the more honest you are with your writing, um, the more you're not going to get as much uh, backlash as you think you are, and you're actually going to get right. people who can relate better to your writing. Like, well, that's right. very human of what they're writing. Their their right. first, you know, their first pieces sounded a little animatronic. This is yeah. this sounds human. I can relate. So yeah. that would be that's my suggestion. Yeah. Right, which is which is a good thing, and you know, next week I'm having my show like on screenwriting, and so I think for people when you know, for me when I started out, when I started writing screenplays, then I write some of my books, you know, from the screenplays, but when you can write dialogue, see that is a major problem. A lot of people their dialogue is too stiff, so when you write screenplays, you learn how to write dialogue and how to get your message across because you do not have the amount of time that you do when you're writing a book. So I think when people, because people do have issues on writing dialogue and getting it to be real, you know, and so when you, I just tell people if you're sitting down or you can write a letter, you know, to yourself as a character and you might get things about that character, about, you know, how you how that character feels because you really have to understand your character to make it exciting, you know, and not you, you know, it's just they're their own person. But I think, you know, a lot of people you know, do have that issue at first with dialogue. So try to put two people in a room and just have them talk, and that will help them, you know, as to write something real rather than just going, hi, hello, you're here, you know what I mean, just like that, because you need dialogue, you know. But then again, you need really good description. I know, Lindsay, like when you're writing historical, tell everybody how that goes because you got to be right on that. Because if you don't have the right word. When when I'm writing uh, Regency, I have to be very careful um, with the words that I use um, because they may not, and quite often I'm using the uh, the dictionary um, to check to see if the word was used back in the um, the early 1800s in England. Um, And even in... Um, my 1940s uh, murder mystery series. Um, I had to be. I have to be careful. But I had to be careful when I was writing that um, because of um, 
they didn't have, you know, there were things that I wanted, words I wanted to use, but then again, I couldn't use because they hadn't been invented, if you want to use that word. <laughs> um, they weren't uh, used then. Um, it wasn't until the 1960s series that I could actually be more free with my words. Um, but no, finding the right word is word and using it correctly is very important. Yeah. Because people, right? People that read historical, historical, yeah. When people read historical, they they don't they have no patience for the wrong word. I know that for no, fact because that that is the way it is, you know. And I think you know, I think look at at the end of the day, people should really write, you know, like Justin, what you were saying is, you know, just write, kind of, just let it go, you know, just and be who you are, and that's a good thing. Even if, you know, you you might not get as many reviews as somebody has gotten, don't worry about it. Just keep going, you know, and um, don't and stop don't, writing. And don't, and don't read the reviews. Whatever you do, don't read the reviews. Yeah, that's that's the issue. I know a lot of people do, and they get very upset. I, I, agree, with, I agree with that. Don't read the reviews because yeah. there are people – I saw a very funny article. <laughs> you can go to Yellowstone's Google reviews, and people complain that there's too many rocks. You can, yeah, you can right. never make everyone. You can never make everyone happy. So don't no, even try. Can't. I don't. I don't look at the reviews. I write what I want, and um, I love the people who who follow me and read me, and um, and that's for yeah. them. Yeah. And with me, I write. I write books that I would want to read myself. Um, yeah. Well, well, and that, that's the way it's been since I started writing. I and mean, we won't say how long ago that was. Um, I. Is never thought of saying, well, I'm going to, I like the way this author writes. I'm going to write in their style um, or this person's style. I write yeah. the books that I want to read. I don't care if you don't want to read them. I want to read them. And that's all, again, right. that's all that matters. Yeah. Well, that's why there's so many books. I mean, that's the thing. There's so many yeah. books, so many different genres. And that's why, like, getting back to, like we said at the beginning, it's the genre that you pick. But so, you know, in... In all reality, if you put yourself in the wrong genre, it's a problem, you know. And so mm-hmm. that you have to be really – and that that is hard, you know. That's how we started talking about this at the beginning of the show. But I know um, – well, April did add in that she she has a list for you, Jason, that – Justin, so wait, I'm, I'm try- I don't usually do this, but April's writing a lot of stuff on here because I usually don't read anything when I'm on the show. But she's been adding in stuff as you talk, Justin. So uh, we can – and she- let me just say something about April Luna. She's a really, really good publisher. She helps her people try to get on shows. She's with her people, and she tries to really get them in the right places and get them on the right path. Um, and if a, a lot of publishers do not do that. So not just because she's on Facebook um, talking to me here, which usually I don't even look at, but I put my it's on right there. But the fact is she does want all her, you know, everybody that is an author with her, she helps them, and that's a good thing. But if you don't have the help of, you know, someone like April, then you need to get to the right people. So I, you know, if you have a problem, please just call me or, you know, email me because there are a lot of people that pick publishers that really don't work for them. And uh, it can be costly 
if you go to a certain a different type of publisher also. So you really have to watch what you do. It's easy to say that, you know, I'm going to independent, let's say on an independent book, say I'm going to independently publish, but you still end up paying people. So I like to say every show that if you need any help or you want to do things or if you want to find a publisher or it's very hard to find. I know you're saying you're looking for an agent. That is really hard. I was one for 20 years. It's really difficult, and it's getting harder and harder, I'm sure, because the same people get you know, an agent. So you're probably better off these days looking for publishers because agents are just tough to find. You know, they don't, yeah. you don't, you, you can't charge. I had over 100 clients, but you can't charge them. So at the end of the day, you have to make a choice. You know, uh, should you keep doing this or should the the writer just, and I begged a lot of people to stay in the game and they didn't. So in order to stay in the game, it's nice when you have like you do, Justin, you have somebody behind you. So that's a good thing. Right. And it, it Lindsay, was fantastic, yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. Right now I'm looking for a publisher for a couple of my series too. Um, well, then, you know, um, series. Okay, I'll, well, I'll, I'll ask April what she's, you know, because April has a lot of authors and she's um, very helpful to her authors. I, You know, I don't see many people like that, you know, around because it is a hard, listen, this is not easy. It's not easy. With a publisher, without a publisher, you really have to get hold of what you really want out of this, you know, and you have to be able to write the best book that you can, you know, and not, and as Justin said, do not, you know, just pick a genre and say, I'm going to write like them, because that's not good at all, you know, and at the end of the day, you can't, you know, so uh, Justin, where can they find your books? So you can find uh, all of my books on www.justinarcala.com. Specifically, though, you can pre-order Forest Only Whispers on Amazon right now. Um, Last I checked, it's it's the only book with that title. And it's a short, and I believe it's going to bleed into an anthology later. Uh, But that's with DLG Publishing. And um, if you like magical realism, if you like urban fantasy, or any of those other genres that we've been talking about. Yeah, well, uh, that's right, you know, because, I, no, those are good genres, Those are, and people are very afraid sometimes to get into that genre. You know, they're right, just not sure a, that they can story. do it. If you like those, this is the story for you. But, um, yeah, it's, um, it's a challenging world being a writer, but... Um, you know, I'm going to do it to the day, and I love it, uh, and I hope everyone else sticks with it as well. It's, and, and what, uh, it's, so, if you were going to if you were going to choose a topic, what what other topics do you like? Because I, you know, after ten years, I'm trying to look at different topics that I might like to talk about also with guests. So, what what kind of a topic would you like if you were going to be on a you know another show? If you want to come on, you know, oh, again, you know, what would you? That is a great question. Um, you know what? Oh, no one's ever talked to me about is um, the wording, the words. How do you know what? What do you use? What don't you like? What do you try? And when you're uh, a reader, that might not be something um, that's as interesting. But as a writer, I always kind of think to myself, well, how does you know? How does Christopher Moore? How does Andrew Smith choose the dialogue they do? Because everyone has their own style. Right. Uh, that's true. They, and, and you know, I and I thought about it in looking at some of my own stuff. I, I noticed I also have a style, and I wondered how I got there, and kind of thought about how other authors get there, and 
what what is their preferred uh, what is their per- preferred use of literature uh, as far as when it comes to describing dialogue? Uh, you don't hear much about that. You hear more about the story. Right. Okay. That's a good thing. And I'm. I'll, I'll look, April is always looking. If she's still listening, she's always looking for new things to do. So maybe you'll come on, and she'll come on, and we'll do a show like that. Because April's really good about this because she likes to talk about a lot of different things, and she's really smart. So I love to have she's her. She's great, and she, she's real. She really she's real is. Popular. You know, and she knows remember, about a lot of things. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Remember that's when I said I was thing. a nerd? April April protects me because I'm a nerd. She's okay. she's my my bodyguard. <laughs> oh, that's good. A nerd needs protective. <laughs> well, then, I think you know right. Oh, okay. I think he's. Oh, I, I. Oh, here she says another thing. She's very. She's writing a lot. I don't usually do this when I'm on the show. Okay, uh, this was for you, Lindsay, because she has a lot of genres. So if she sends me a list, I'll send it to you. You know, of the, all okay. the genres that they have, and both of you, she'll, oh, I think she will. Um, and I think uh, so, Lindsay. What kind of subjects would you want to talk about? About because I think that's a good one. Because how do you choose the words? You know. Um, Look, yeah. Um, like, yeah. I've got a uh, a regency um, coming out in uh, November, just November or December of this year, um, and switching from contemporary. Back to Regency, that took a little doing for me to get my mindset for yeah. eighteen seventeen England. Um, considering I was writing, I've been writing um, United States twenty nineteen twenty twenty. Um, that was tough. It was switching back, um, but I, you know, and I was able to after a couple of tries, I was able to do it, and which I don't mind. You know, I knew it was going to be tough switching. Uh, mindset from going back, you know, a couple hundred years. I knew that was going to be, be a problem, but I, I, you know, figured it out and I did it. And I can't wait for this book to come out um, in uh, November. All right, that's great. So we'll have to have you on again, and I'm sure Bennett will have you on again. <laughs> oh yeah. So I, right, so Justin, uh, uh, April said she will come on a show, so we'll do a show probably in maybe in August or something because that is a very good topic, you know. Uh, the words people do choose, you know, matters. It does, you know, and the dialogue matters oh, yeah. a lot. April hey, writes screenwriting also. <laughs> yeah, and that's why screenwriters, uh, that helped me when I wrote a screenplay to write dialogue, you know, because um, that, that's mostly all of it is dialogue. But I I am not great with my descriptions. I'm much better with dialogue. So, I, you know, you figure out what you're best at, and, you know, by – the more I talk on my shows, I actually know I'm a much better screenwriter. And so, but there's nothing you could, that's a really tough place to be screenwriting because it, it's all about the money. You, I've gotten options, but it really is about the money. And um, if you have a lot of money, you can have your own movie. That's really what it is, yeah, I mean, you know, and that's what it is. So people, I always was telling people, take your papers, take all the papers and make it into a script. Take it out of the drawer, make it into a script, or make it, and then if it doesn't sell as a script, sell it as a book because at least it's out there, you know. Because you can't, there's nothing really to do. You're talking about description. I've got, I submitted two short stories to a contest, um, five thousand word max for both of them, yeah. um, and trying to get the story and the description and everything within that time frame 
was top. Okay, what do I put in? What do I leave out? Right, and that's what so that's what you learn in you screenwriting. Right, right. That, so that's where you you know what you do. Is, what I did was I basically wrote the story. I didn't care about the word count, and then I started cutting what wasn't needed out of the out of the story. Right, to get it right. Down that's and then the you got right. Yeah. See, and, that's why. Um, right. That's why I like short stories now too. I think short stories is a good market. You know. Uh, I, you know, I've done a few, but I think it is in a lot of ways because um, certainly for a lot of writers just starting out there, they might not be able to write a 300-page book. You know, it's just not for yeah. them, and it may never be in them, you know. And so a lot of screenwriters say that they write shorter books and because of that. They've had that training. So you do cut. You edit. You really learn how to edit oh, a lot yeah. out, and sometimes I mean, too I, much, though. I'll write, sometimes too much. Depending, depending on depending on the genre, I write anywhere from minimum fifty thousand up to ninety thousand, depending on yeah. the genre. Um, yeah. Like the one I'm writing now is eighty to ninety thousand. Yeah. Um, I've got another series that's eighty to eighty eighty to eighty five thousand, and uh, a couple in the fifty to sixty thousand. Like I said, it depends on the genre that I'm writing. It makes depends on the word count. Yeah. See, I know it's all these things. You know, when you think about all the things that authors have to think about, my advice is just write the book and then go back. You know, I have have not been taking my own advice lately. I have not been. So I have to take my own advice and do that because I don't think you should stop. You know, you just got to keep going. You can't go back. You got to keep going forward. And so I think, you know, and – Justin, one thing to you, I don't know why you consider yourself a nerd. You've been a great guest. You're no nerd. You're a great guest. No, Absolutely not. great. Absolutely great. Well, I definitely want to have right, you back. Well, Lindsay, I know wife. you'll be back. Yeah, because, you know, okay, honestly, I mean, you're you're saying the truth. So uh, thank you both for being on. It was really a fun show. So um, take care. And we all need to have fun. That's another one thing having. right now. Thank all right. And thank you, thank you so much, me. Justin, Lindsay. Thank you. And thank April, you so thank much. you for listening. Appreciate all right. It. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.